Well, 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 good, beautiful morning to each and every one of you. How are you this beautiful day? March 13th, 2020. They say 525,600 minutes in a year and it is ticking away very, very quickly. I hope that this finds you well blessed and in your right mind. So much going on in the world. Sitting in the car, charging it, electric vehicle, trying to do my part with the planet. Last night, the car didn't charge <laughs> as much as I wanted. So here I am at the Livingston Mall and uh, they have a quick charge station here, EVgo, and uh, get a quick charge. About 30 minutes, I can get a full battery. Anyway, next to the Barnes & Noble bookstore. I want to thank you for choosing to subscribe to this podcast. I also want to thank my sponsors. Thank you so very much. So a lot going on last night, this morning, early this morning, about one o'clock in the morning. I felt a little uh, inspired, heavy, all that at the same time. But how are you doing? How are you doing? Has anybody asked you how you're doing? If nobody's asked you, I'm going to ask you. And I hope that you can answer it. How are you doing? Well, I do hope that even if you happen to wake up this morning and you happen to turn on the news and things happen to be a little uh, crazy, I hope that you can find something to be thankful for, grateful for, excited about. Now, even though it is a very uh, foggy day here on the East Coast, uh, up in Livingston, New Jersey now, just dropped my kids at school. They have a half day today and they're going to... Uh, push ahead with spring break next week and not doing it in April. They're going to push it ahead uh, to this week to clean the school and do a bunch of things. And nobody knows if they're going to be out of school for two weeks, a month. A lot of different schools are closing. A lot of stuff is happening. What are we going to do? A lot of us have to stay home. A lot of the kids are going to be home. It's kind of like a homeschooling situation. So what do we do to adjust? We have to adjust. This is just what we do. Uh, Zig Ziglar, a uh, very powerful motivational speaker I listen to all the time, Earl Nightingale and a bunch of people, they all talk about, you know, being prepared for moments and things. And as a parent, I've learned over the years, uh, I have an 11 year old and an eight year old, I've learned that I've got to be a bit of a problem solver in the home. And there's certain th there's certain things, excuse me, that you're just not taught, you know, as a young boy growing up, growing into manhood, there's just certain things that you're not taught about, um, what it truly means to be a father. And I'm grateful to be a father. But along with that, being a husband and a father, you learn to be a problem solver. Um, now, the kid's curiosity will be the kid's curiosity, right? They do what they do. Sometimes you get upset. Sometimes you're like, why did you do that? Well, they were just curious, right? Um, and you don't want to uh, stifle their curiosity. All that said, good people, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, this might be a week that we can feed some other things into our children just besides the normal, uh, you know, things that are going in school. This may be a chance for us to actually, uh, you know, take out some books and read them together. Uh, maybe some time for us to exercise together, do just certain things that may be outside of the box a little bit since we're all going to be kind of not quarantined, but we're all going to be uh limiting our social interaction with people. So this morning, I want to have a short podcast, but I want to offer you a few encouraging quotes. You learn more from failure than from successes. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. That's from an unknown person who wrote this. You learn more from failure than from success. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. Yes, it does. I'm a witness to that. 
We can do a whole podcast about learning from our so-called failures. I used to think that some of my failures define me. But guess what? They do not. They make you stronger. They let you know exactly, you know, where you got off track and how you can get back on track to get to your goals. So that is a good one. You learn more from your failure than from success. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. And that's what we've got to build in our children. We've got to build an amazing, amazing character in them so that they can go out in life and do the things that they're supposed to do to be successful people. Don't let yesterday take up too much of today. This is by Will Rogers. Don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Some of us live in the past pain, right? I was once that. Sometimes I still do. Unfortunately, we go back and forth with it, right? It's like we want to move forward. It's kind of like this thing where we're like, ah, I can't let the past define me. Ah, I can't let this mistake linger over my head. And sometimes we spend so much time thinking about that moment that was just a moment, right? 20 years ago is 20 years ago. (laughs) I remember I heard T.D. Jakes talking about, well, you know, Johnny just did me wrong. And, and, and now that, you know, Tyrone is in my face, I just think about Johnny and, and we got divorced. He cheated on me. He did all this stuff. And, and he's like, well, you know, Johnny done moved on. He done got married. He done got two or three kids. And here you are still living 20 years ago and you can't move forward because you're in your past. So let's teach our children also. Don't let your yesterday take up too much of today. Today is really all we have. They call it present because it is a present. It is a gift to each and every one of us. The pessimist seems, ah, excuse me. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Winston Churchill. Let me read that again. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. That was by Mr. Winston Churchill. Very, very brilliant man. Um, I'm going to do a lot more reading on Winston Churchill because I do hear a lot of speakers speak about Winston Churchill and uh, some of his uh, power. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. Are we pessimists or are we optimists? The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I believe before this says some people see yeast and only see bread. Other people see yeast and they think a bakery, right? It's amazing. Some people see, uh, let's let's see uh, words on a page and other people see books. Some people see plays. Some people see a music, one music note and think a symphony. It's amazing what we can do. So let's try to instill some of that in our children as well. Some of that this week. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Walt Disney said that the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Mr. Walt Disney, who was an innovator in so many ways, way ahead of his time. Think of all of the failures that this man encountered before he had the so-called success. I believe that Walt Disney had about seven bankruptcies before he actually was able to build up all of the empire that we enjoy. Unfortunately, it's closed now. Like so many other things, we can't enjoy it now, right? But just think about that. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. One thing that I did after I tore my Achilles is that I had to look myself in the mirror and ask deep down inside, what other gifts do I have to bring forth to the world? And the way to start it is just to get started. Now, again, some of you may know I did go to seminary. 
I'm trying to decide what I'm going to finish my degree in because I left in 1993-94. I left school and started my journey um, in the entertainment world. I can't even believe it, right? So I spent three years in seminary, got a bunch of credits, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm actually going to finish degree in, the degree in because my wife is going for her master's. Um, my children are going to be graduating and I can't be the one with an associate's degree, right? I got to press forward. Uh, Eric Thomas talks about uh, how he dropped out of school, but he went back and he finished college. It took him 12 years, he said, to finish, but eventually he did finish and he got his GED. Then he got uh, his college degree. Then he went and got his master's, which is totally, totally cool. So that is inspirational. Walt Disney. He didn't always have success, right? He had some failures. And um, this is what we can instill in our kids this week. Hey, guess what? You may fall. And I heard someone say before that we've got to celebrate the failure. So sometimes I guess if, let's say, for instance, they don't win a basketball game, they don't win a tournament, they don't, you know, do well in their gymnastics or their ballet and they feel down, let's celebrate it so that they can know how to fight through some of the difficulties in this life. Because unfortunately, we all know that this thing pain, this thing uncertainty that that thing that other thing what is it called uh uh i'll think of the word in a minute anyway good people uh let's just uh push forward so that we can begin to teach our kill our children about some uh you know just some ways that they can begin to uh be prepared for this life and some of the things that it's going to bring make your life a masterpiece imagine no limitations on what you can be have or do that is by mr brian tracy oh i really like that one make your life a masterpiece imagine no limitations on what you can be have or do make your life a masterpiece i promise myself i'm 46 years old i can begin again you can begin again. Our children can begin to carve out a masterpiece. Wow. There were some people who spoke greatness over my life. I'll never forget my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Brian Melvin, who spoke greatness over me. He was the first male to speak greatness over me, to tell me that I was actually somebody and I actually believed him. <laughs> I actually believed him. Now, I had many struggles growing up, but guess what? He instilled something in me. Now, my life has not been a total masterpiece, but guess what? I can start re-sculpting. I can start over again. I'm, I'm still here. We have an opportunity to begin again. Every day is a new opportunity to begin again. I've got a lot of healing to do. I called myself a wounded healer. I believe I'm going to call my podcast The Wounded Healer. <laughs> Inspirations by Dwayne, The Wounded Healer. So, good people, make your life what you want it. Make your life what you want it. I'm determined to make my life what I want it, what I want. Uh, It's something, you know, I talked briefly about what I do. And a lot of my friends and associates, again, are are dark Uh, in the Broadway world. They call it the theater being dark and they put a ghost light up in the theater. And uh, that represents all of the people who've come before us who've blessed the stage right and their spirit lives uh, lives in theater right I believe that's what the ghost light represents if I'm wrong someone correct me write me a little note in Instagram Facebook Twitter and all that good stuff Uh, 
I want to tell you what I'm also trying to do to create a masterpiece. What I'm trying to do is carve out something for my children. And I think we should all try to do something for our children. We have to think about next generation. I didn't understand My Cup Runneth Over. Now, for my favorite book, some of you may understand it, right? My Cup Runneth Over. I never really understand that. I, I understood it growing up until I heard T.D. Jakes really explaining what that meant, right? He's talking about devouring the mor- the morning so that <clears throat> in the evening you can divide the spoils also, right? He talks about that. And those two things, My Cup Runneth Over and devouring the morning, devouring the morning, devouring the morning so that in the evening you can divide the spoils. Now, what that means is that while we're young, we have to chase we have to run. We have to run after our destiny. I talk about this. TDJ talks about I love when he says it. I'm going to say it. He says, you better run after your destiny. You better run after your destiny. You better not walk. You better not crawl. You better not meander. You better run after your destiny. You better have a 911 under you. You have to have a fire in your belly because of moments like this. Of moments like this. When tragedy just strikes, what do we do? to reinvent ourselves, to try to keep our families afloat. What do we do? We got to reinvent ourselves. We got to run after this thing. So we got to devour it. We got to dig deep and, 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 and realize all the skills and the abilities that we have to bring forth into the world, to serve the world. So we devour it now so that we can divide the spoils later so that we leave something for the next generation. That, that's what that means. But so many people have it twisted now. They want to divide all the spoils now. And then when they get older, they want to try to chase. And you can't do that. You can't wait till you get 70 years old and then decide that you want to chase. And you can't leave something because you spent it all and you tried to, you know, give it all out before it was time to. Also talking about your cup runneth over. Your cup runneth over. When my cup is so full and I want, I know my cup is going to be full. I speak that into existence. It's already full, but I want it to be even fuller. <laughs> Why not? It's not like a selfish thing. It's just something thinking about the next generation and the generation after, which are my grandkids and what that means and what legacy means. And the cup runneth over all of the blessings, all of the gifts, all of the laughter, all the joy, all the family stories, all of the wealth that is coming to us, all the wealth that could be passed down generation to generation. That's the cup running over. That's the cup running over. That's the cup running over. And each and every one of us can have that. Our cup can be running over, not just the top one percent in the country but all of us can get that if we dig down deep tap into the the skills and the abilities that we have i talked about this before i heard steve harvey talk about it. i'm gonna tell the story then i'm gonna get out of here good people one one of his friends was growing up he said hey man you know one of his friends would always uh want to cut the grass he said hey man let's go out and uh let's go to the swimming pool he said no man i gotta cut miss jackson's grass what do you mean you gotta cut miss jackson's grass? come on have some fun right he said that his friend was so smooth with cutting grass that he used to put initials two dollars in the front two dollars in the back to to do the front lawn and the backyard and the back lawn he said that this guy had one skill and his skill was that of landscaping in Cleveland, Ohio. And what he did was he realized his gift. And over the years, he developed that gift. And what happened is that he makes $4 million a year now with his one skill, with his one ability. Going around, being the top landscaper in Cleveland. They pay him for his skill, $4 million a year. And on top of that, 
with that skill of cutting grass, which he had innate in him as a kid. Now he owns all these big trucks. So during the wintertime, he clears out all the snow. So they give him all the snow removal contracts. That's just one example. Steve Harvey always talks about many, many different things. There are many people that I listen to, but I pass these things on because maybe you guys don't listen to them. He talks about the story of Marie Callender. Let's talk about Marie Callender. Let's talk about this right now. What is happening in our country? You've got to be innovative. You've got to be creative. What does she do? She could bake pies. She worked for a greasy spoon diner, he said. And what she said was there was nobody coming into the greasy spoon diner and the owner was going to have to shut down his diner. And she was supporting her kids by being a waitress. She said, let me bring in one of my pies. Bought him one of her pies. The pies went like that. Next day, somebody ordered pies. She had to go back home and cook more pies. Come back the next day, people ordered 10 pies. She had to go back and, and keep cooking pies at the house and bring them back to the diner. Her pies were so successful that that greasy spoon diner turned from the greasy spoon diner into just selling pies. We know Marie Callender when we walk down the uh, frozen food aisles. Marie Callender. Marie Callender started with a pie. She started baking pies. She got a commercial oven in her house and started baking pies. And from there, she took the innovation and turned it into an incredible multi-million dollar business for herself. Now she has restaurants and all these things. One skill that we have could change our lives. You're one thought away. I believe that I'm very close to it, good people. I believe I'm close to it. Now, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I know that many motivational speakers have come before me. I know that preachers and, and, and teachers have come before me. I'm just a wounded healer. That's what I am. I'm a wounded healer. I've... I've lived life, I've gone through some things, and now I want to try to give back some information to all of you because you all can be much better than me. You all can take some of my mistakes, see something coming and go, oh, I heard Dwayne talk about that. I can go this way and not react that way, right? We're all going to experience things in the workplace, unfortunately. We're all different types of personalities. We all come from different types of backgrounds. So you can say, okay, in the workplace, I know sometime I might encounter this thing called racism. So what do I do with it? If somebody calls me the N-word, what do I do? Do I react or I just go, that's your ignorance and I turn away and go, right? Because my livelihood depends on it, right? Just an example of things. I want to tell you about one more thing. So Steve Harvey had a barber and in the 80s or in the 90s, he cut his hair and he cut his hair for $10, he remembered that guy. He took him on tour with him for many, many years. And a lot of you remember Steve Harvey when he had hair. It was always sharp. I was like, how did he how does he get his hair so sharp all the time? Then I realized <laughs> after all these years later, he had a barber that cut his hair four times a week for touring television and other things that he was doing concerts and all that. Right. Because he's a stand up comic. So what he would do is he went from paying that guy. $10 a haircut to paying that guy's like $500 a haircut to eventually paying that guy $1,500 a haircut. He got his haircut four times a week. So he decided to cut all his hair off, right? But what he did was he gave the guy a severance package. He gave him a nice severance package. So what did the guy do with the investment? So let's just say first, let's just take 1,500 times four. I believe that's $6,000. I could be wrong, but think about that. $6,000 a week cutting hair. There are a lot of you who are great barbers out there, right? So this guy, what he did with the money was that now he's making four, five, six million dollars a year because he opened three barber colleges 
and he opened four or five barbershops around the area that he lives in, <clears throat> in Ohio. One gift, one skill. One gift, one skill. And he's able to bless generations. I believe it's coming for me. I believe it's coming for you. I do. Uh, I loved being an entertainer. I still love being an entertainer. I love trying to bring joy to people's lives. But unfortunately, um, it's so up and down. You know, people like you today, they hate you tomorrow, unfortunately. Um, and again, I've been blessed to do about nine or ten Broadway shows. And every one that I've been in has closed, unfortunately. Um, the only ones that are open, excuse the sound, I'm in the car. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, the only one, um, well, there are a couple that are still open, Phantom of the Opera, Phantom of the Opera, which is like 20, 25 years, 30 years. Uh, the Lion King, 20 years. Wicked has been around a very, very long time. Aladdin's going to be around a long time. Uh, Frozen's going to be around a long time. But for most of us who are actors, uh, we get work. And sometimes <clears throat> the producers leave them open a long time. Sometimes they close them right away. Um, the shortest time I was in a Broadway show was one week. I was uh, in rehearsals for a show called Cry Baby. My friend Chester, shout out to Chester Gregory, was going to do Donkey and Shrek. And he left the show right before the Tony Awards. He did the Tony Awards. And that was the year In the Heights had really racked up everything. And um, I was in rehearsal. Got the lead. Got a nice contract. It was a beautiful contract. My wife was pregnant. And I got the contract. And then the day after the Tony's, well, the Tuesday, because Monday's dark. So the Tony Awards happened on a Sunday. Monday was a day off. Tuesday was my first show, Broadway uh, debut in Crybaby. And the producers call everybody downstairs. And they go, hey, I'm thinking they're about to give us a good pep talk. You know what I mean? They're like, the show is closing on Sunday. I was like, wait, 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 excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. My wife was in the audience, pregnant. I was like, well, what are we going to do? Had a nice contract and I had eight shows, eight, because there are eight shows in a Broadway week. I was devastated. I was kind of like, whoa, what is happening? I was so emotional. I went out, I cracked a bunch that night because <laughs> I was just awful. It was an awful debut, but I say all that to say it's up and down, right? And they make their decisions and they do what they do. And ultimately, they're in control. Um, and I've made a lot of money over the years. I've invested a lot. I've been very blessed. I've been able to do a lot of great things and give back. But ultimately, I know I've got to get control of this thing. This is why I'm trying to put myself out there to all of you good people. Now, the podcast, yes, it, to subscribe is $5. But I'm, what I'm attempting to do is bring you incredible content. I'm going to bring you a lot of different interviews, a lot of people who have stories like mine, um, how to stay motivated, inspired to do what they do despite all of the failures or the letdowns, right? How, what, what do they do to pick themselves up? I have so many stories to tell you, good people. This is why I took this summer. And for those of you who don't know, I now have two published books out. They're children's books. They're the first in a series. One is called One-on-One -on -One from Dad to Son, Lessons in Basketball and Discipline, which is now on Amazon. And I'm going to get in Barnes & Noble and a bunch of different places. I'm putting it out there to the world. I know that greatness is going to happen. And I'm just not thinking about me. I'm thinking about my children. Now, I put my 
stories together with my children. Of course, my children didn't totally write the books because they're incapable of doing that now. But what I'm trying to do is plant a seed in them to know that they can be storytellers. So this is the goal. So what we can do is try to be good examples for them, right? So I say, here is your story. And my daughter's book is called Me, My Mom, and My First Violin. Me, My Mom, and My First Violin. Uh, my daughter was very, very young when she started playing violin. And my wife saw that she was musically gifted and decided to try the violin. And she happened to be very, very good at it. So that's her story. One-on-one from dad to son, lessons in basketball and discipline is just a story about a father and son whom actually, you know, share a love of basketball. And my son is starting to play and his friends are starting to play. So just wanted to tell a bit of a history lesson about the game because you got to know where it started in order to get, you know, where they want to go. Um, and the lessons from basketball have really guided me in my life. Uh, I wasn't a great basketball player at all. There were so many people who were so much more talented than me. But I will say my coaches and mentors really, really helped set up a great foundation for me to have a little bit of this thing called success in this life. And I'm very grateful. So this is why I'm putting myself out there, because I believe that I have something to give the world and offer the world. And I just don't want to be a person who has a start date, has this big dash in the middle, don't fill it in and then have an end date. You know, um, I want to fill in the dash as much as possible. And I think I've had a lot of mistakes along the way, but I've also done some good. So what I would like to do is try to give out as much positive information as possible. And this is going to be through book form. There are more books coming. Um, I've actually I'll say it to you all. I'll put it out there to the world. I actually wrote five books this summer and um, I'm just going to keep creating stories, putting them out there, and hopefully they will encourage and inspire you in some way, shape or form. I have a motivational and inspirational book that's coming out. This is about the ups and downs of life and how we can get through it. I have some stories about uh, my mom and her beauty shop. I have some stories about our family, our family history, because one of my aunts really knows about family history, just telling stories from the African-American experience. And um, I want to do that for black and brown kids, really, um, all over the world and also kids um, of different cultures who can just know more about what actually happens in in our experience on our journey. So all that said, good people, check out the books. They're on Amazon. Um, you can get them on your Kindle, <clears throat> on your ebooks and all that. $4.99 on there. If you want to order order a hard, co a hard copy, excuse me, off of uh, the Internet, um, it'll come to you. Uh, it's just $10 for that. And um, more stories are coming. And also audiobooks are coming. My son's audiobook is done. My daughter's audiobook will be out. They're going to read their own books for literacy as well. So look out for all that. And um, I'm going to do another podcast later on in the day. But my car is almost done charging. I don't even know how long I've been talking. <laughs> how long have I been talking here? I've got about 26 minutes. So the car is almost charged. So good people, I want you to have a beautiful day. Believe in yourselves. Encourage your children. Encourage the next generation that they can be better than us. Encourage them to be incredible leaders and also encourage them not to follow everyone. And I even encourage some of the older people not to follow. Let's not be sheep. Miles Monroe says that an army of sheep led by a lion will always defeat an army of lion led by sheep. Yes, say that again. An army of lions led by a sheep will always defeat Excuse me, I said that wrong. Let me say that again, good people. An army of lions led by a sheep will always not defeat an army 
I said it wrong. I said it right the first time. Y'all heard what I said. I'm getting confused because I've been up. I didn't sleep. <laughs> Meaning that an army of sheep led by a lion, right? An army of sheep that's led by a lion will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep is basically what I'm trying to say. Meaning that you can transform by whomever's leading you, right? A sheep can't really lead an army. They can't. They can't. But a lion can transform a whole flock of sheep. So let's be careful. All right, good people. Sorry for the flub there. It's always live. I'm always off the top. If I was a rapper, I'd be incredible, but I'm not. I can't rap. Anyway, I could do a little bit of like, you know, like the Hamilton stuff and all that, like I did in the Heights back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Be like, um, see, um, Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, I'm hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm beginning scholars, hit the keys, college. I probably shouldn't brag, but dang, I'm being astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains with no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge, I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal trying to reach my goal with power, speech, unimpeachable. Anyway, all right, don't throw away your shot. Maybe we'll get Lynn on this podcast. All right, good people. Thank you for choosing to subscribe. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you a little later.